Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is for you. My name is Leah Shaver. I own and operate the National Transportation Institute. We serve information and support folks like equity analysts, shippers, and primarily trucking companies and organizations that have private fleets all over the nation, large and small. Any company that employs or contracts with professional drivers or works with companies that do could potentially be our customer. I also serve on the board of directors and chair the membership committee for the Women in Trucking Association. And I work part-time for SiriusXM's Road Dog Trucking Radio as a talk radio host. Now at the National Transportation Institute, we concentrate our studies on professional driver wages, best practices and programs. We analyze nearly every aspect that relates to professional drivers and programs before entering the industry to training, to perks and programs, to owner operator success, and then of course, anything that impacts the trucking industry and market. And most importantly, professional driver paychecks like capacity, supply and demand. We aim to deliver opportunities for fleets to grow, to attract additional workers, and then expand in their marketplace with that appropriately compensated, engaged, and retained workforce. We also help other organizations expand into the trucking industry. We sponsor our coveted top pay carrier designation, which is an elite designation for carriers that provide top tier pay, retirement benefits, overall strong stability and a volume of programs that support driver health. These together are what compose a carrier to offer a driver a best case scenario for a strong career and for retirement benefits. The results that we track are things that support critical decisions at any fleet. We track pay on a mileage, an annual earnings, and an hourly basis in over 600 different markets in the US and even a few in Canada. That's our, our most popular survey and also our least expensive. We track all of the attributes of the driver pay package. We track everything that relates to new entrants and those that are responsible for them, benefits, retirement, PTO, and perks. We track women in the industry and other minorities. And we also track all programs and pay and earnings at private fleets. New TAR tracking is technician pay, which is hourly earnings, annual earnings, and also perks for technicians. We track wage movement by trailer type and segment across the industry, and also owner-operator income. Now, the title of the presentation is related to the roller coaster ride that pertains to four hire fleet drivers, not only week to week, but year to year. This goes as far back as we can remember and includes a deep valley for four hire drivers during the Great Recession, uh, bringing them back up even almost close to where they were prior to that during 2018 and now dropped dramatically back down for them. While wages haven't reduced, the wage movement as it pertains to their, their lumpy pay, the, the changes on a week-to-week -week basis and also an annual basis are what we refer to there. We are not expecting any great pay changes in any election year, and you can see that from the chart here. 
Um, we certainly did expect a lot of, of support from the government this year in an election year, and not nearly uh, what we expected, what happened of uh, dramatic changes due to COVID and um, the whiplash that we've, we've referenced over the last few years, even more so in 2020. It's important anytime we give a presentation to talk about what makes for higher driver pay move. Green in our chart would indicate strength, red weakness, and yellow would be relatively neutral conditions. The most important thing to reference is that driver pay cannot increase if freight rates are red. Freight rates are a gatekeeper. There's no meaningful upward movement for drivers unless freight rates are green. But the other thing to note is that when driver supply is red, driver income cannot decline. We always reference 2018 and the, the driver wage conditions during that year because it was a banner year, it's monumental, and we, we can all look back in near recent history and think about the conditions and how they pertain to our pay model and, and what happened that year. Truck driver turnover was stuck near 100%. Demand was outstripping supply, but there was a lack of qualified drivers. And so every fleet wanted to expand, but really couldn't due to a lack of qualified workers. Unemployment was a 50-year low. GDP was growing and driver wages and freight rates continued to rise during that period. Now, as we as we switch forward to current conditions, turnover is at reported record lows at most fleets that we survey. Uh, Well-qualified drivers have been in relatively strong supply during peak COVID periods, but right now carrier recruiters are bouncing back even higher than in Q1 levels of earlier this year prior to COVID. Peak market driver supply is starting to really tighten and so think about areas like L.A., like Chicago, uh, like parts of the Midwest and Indiana, Ohio, some of the, the areas of the Northeast where experienced and highly qualified drivers can be in short supply. Those areas are really starting to tighten back up. Pay improvements have been few and far between during this period. They're really isolated to productivity uh, and to some fleets that really had marginal pay packages prior to this period and have had to make improvements to be able to attract or, more importantly, to retain the drivers that they do successfully attract to their fleet. GDP did decline at a historic rate in Q2. Uh, slumped imports are slightly improving and inventory build is, is really expanding. We're, we're bouncing back quicker than we thought we would and um, demand is growing in, in most segments. Contract freight rates are all over the board. There continued pressure from shippers to uh, lower them at renewal or to delay review, but the spot market is showing signs of life. And, and we have fleets that even report seeing $3 a mile loads, um, you know, being able to isolate some of their capacity to chase after some of that strong demand. Conditions that create the qualified driver shortage still remain. And so while the driver shortage is at an impasse at the moment, it's very important that we remind you that those conditions will come back very quickly at any point that we see strong demand bounce back quickly. And so um, those conditions you know, are listed here, the, the systemic blue collar labor problem, uh, we just don't have enough workers being attracted into blue collar jobs and overall the truck driving jobs are considered relatively undesirable by those same workers. The driver pool is shrinking. We have an aging workforce. 
a homogenistic population. We need to do a better job of attracting women and, and minorities and, and retaining them in the workforce. Drug use is reducing the number of blue collar workers. And this is something that's been in the headlines really on a weekly basis. And we think that that will continue with the clearinghouse, especially with FMCSA, giving us updates on a monthly basis. Not all drivers are in the clearinghouse yet. And frankly, not all companies are in the clearinghouse. And so when we look at the conditions of relatively low pay for the expectations, a difficult job, that lumpy pay, those ups and downs of the roller coaster, irregular schedules that, and long weeks at that, uh, really just the conditions don't compare to the other blue collar job options. And those are frankly getting very popular and they're really working hard to attract uh, qualified workers. Warehousing, for example, if you have both drivers and warehouse workers, you know that that those are in uh, huge demand right now. There's a, a lot of pressure to conform to other work models, and we're a highly regulated industry. So overall, the the inefficiencies that we have, which some of which we've we've taken COVID to focus on, um, those really curtail some of the earning potential for the the folks that we could successfully recruit. Now, the, the superhero drivers and, and the success story that's come out of COVID of uh, highlighting the positives of our, of our industry, uh, we think will somewhat improve that a bit to attract some folks, but there's some other sticklers that, that make it difficult related to new entrants. Uh, specifically, trainees do improve the average makeup. The, uh, the average age of trainers that are training our trainees is 49 years old, but the new entrants average 38 years old. That's extremely uh, high considering we, you know, we cannot be the first level job for any new entrant out of high school. So we have to wait. So we're really a, a second, third, fourth job option for the folks that we do attract. And you can see that age gap in the trainers and the trainees. Uh, we also struggle to retain those new entrants. This is not just a, a job or a career. It's a lifestyle as well. And so uh, the, the sitting for long periods of time, some of those inefficiencies that exist in our industry, and then um, the inconsistencies across the board for training, all of those make it a little bit difficult for us to retain students. And uh, the turnover does improve once we, we retain those new entrants of after 120 days, but we really struggle until then. As I mentioned, we also have a an issue with, uh, you know, just around fewer than 10% of our drivers being women. And as you see here, the, the number of women that are interested in training at companies far exceeds typically the number of, of female trainers that are available to train them. So we need to continue to do a, a better job of both attracting women to the industry and also to, uh, to training them. Now, vision and strategy related to pay has, has really changed and related to four hire fleets. That strategy in 18 was, was based primarily on attraction and then on the rate per mile, the annual earnings, bonuses, um, guaranteed pay was huge, and then per diem and perks due to the tax plan. In 19, more so uh, still on, on that platform of attraction, of course, because of our turnover issues, but then on dedicated uh, on performance-based incentives, on attracting those highly skilled and qualified workers that we need, like teams, and um, focus on retaining them, and then a little bit on sign-on bonuses. Now, all of that was reliant on demand, on capacity, and on rates. But 2020 brought a few changes, uh, you know, still on the attraction, still on dedicated 
teams and skilled and, and minorities and retaining drivers was a bigger focus. Sign-on bonuses became a little bit more important and guaranteed pay shrunk down in importance. But it, very, very high this year was the demand still, of course, in rates that won't go away, but on insurance requirements and the requirements for drivers. A huge shift due to COVID, um, guaranteed pay had to be sidelined at, at many companies, not all. Uh, Sign-on bonuses really weren't necessary because fleets just simply weren't recruiting uh, team skilled, you know, retaining drivers that that has always been high, and I think it will continue to be high. And dedicated capacity, frankly, suffered a bit in 2020, especially if it was related to food service distribution to automotive. Those fleets had to sideline, if not furlough, their drivers and and set aside a lot of their strategy and certainly their recruiting. Now. Private fleets, what's the difference there? You know, in, in 2018 and 19, um, always built on a foundation of steady high pay with, with regular increases, a fixed schedule and home time, low cost, robust benefits, retirement contributions, and I mean a match and, and strong retirement packages, um, and overall just perks. Think cell phones, think, um, you know, hotels and meals, and uh, where at... Uh, at four higher fleets, we might be looking at, at bumps in pay per mile. In a private fleet, it's, it's bumps in fixed pay um, and pay per hour. And um, all of that is, is based on simply requirements of the job. They're very high requirements and their ability to attract drivers. They have no problem retaining professional drivers, but uh, are always looking to get better at attracting those drivers to their company. And how does that compare to 2020? Absolutely no change, nothing at all, 100% based on the same components and strategy. And if nothing else, uh, the conversations as they've, they've changed or ebbed over the period during COVID has simply been more so on a focus of attracting those drivers because turnover does go up a bit at, uh, at private fleets, the requirements being higher. Um, sometimes there's a, a big labor component. Um, in fact, the pay packages that we study at private fleets many times have uh, just as much involved in the labor component as it does in the driving, sometimes even more so. And so attracting drivers and, um, and helping them to understand the, the complicated pay packages, uh, as well as a, a, a higher profile on fixed income and hourly pay transparency in the pay and schedule and setting those expectations for drivers is always their, their priority. Now, this brings us to COVID and to our, our, our approach to drivers and driver supply. Um, you know, in, in 2020, especially this, uh, you know, while driving in the COVID era, it's so important to find and keep the right people. So while Folks have had to sideline some of their recruiting efforts. Private fleets really haven't. And um, companies that, that did take the time during COVID to, to hone in on some of their issues, they still have had to uh, really focus on, on recruiting, but maybe had an easier time of it. As I mentioned before, they're coming back full swing and private fleets are still working very hard to attract professional drivers. So it's really important that not only are we looking to find those folks, but we look to, to keep them. And so um, consistent focus on 
the types of drivers and evolving our population of professional drivers is so important, especially with an aging workforce. Focus on minorities, on women, on veterans, on younger drivers. We have to utilize marketing initiatives, internal connections, support, and services that we have available. And that's also been even more true during the COVID era. Uh, you know, online everything was a recommendation prior to COVID, and it's it's really amazing how much that became so true during COVID. And online everything now uh, with a great emphasis on onboarding on training, on engaging drivers, and most importantly, on expressing appreciation for everything that they're doing. Maintaining those efforts and impact after COVID is going to be even more important, and it's something that drivers have really expressed a great appreciation for in uh, talks with them when we're, we're on the radio. Uh, package delivery, final mile, in-home delivery, and local private fleet jobs, these continue to grow, and uh, all of them have driver supply concerns related to qualifications. So as for hire fleets have been able to snap up some better qualified drivers to right-size fleets during COVID and, and focus on those higher qualified folks, it's really important to note that and competitive industries aren't going to only be those other blue-collar jobs, but also these in-truck type work uh, that are that are really growing. Uh, final mile and in-home delivery, package delivery, uh, private fleets. These are all huge efforts that uh, existed before COVID, but but have grown and will continue to grow post-COVID. Internal marketing about threats to your driver supply are so crucial. And so it's not always pay. We know that and we're, we're the first to, to talk about that. You have to be a strong payer, i.e. A, a median payer or better, um, better in tight markets. Of course, um, those markets require 75th percentile payer, but uh, a strong pay package is, is necessary, but it's not all that's necessary. To focus on health and wellness, on stress management, on qualifying, um, you know, to maintain CDLs on on drug and alcohol issues like CBD, for example, on the use of PPE and of making it available within your fleet, and then of course on social distancing, um, the health and, and well-being of our drivers is so important to them, right alongside that pay package. Any capacity crunch is really going to put pressure on those highly sought after drivers. And so we have to continue to utilize technology for that onboarding and training. We have to continue to evolve the population of folks that we're attracting and retaining. We have to really focus on driver supply and monitor the conditions. And remember that driver supply will retract quickly when everything bounces back in the US. We still have conditions that ebb and flow. We don't know what really is coming quarter by quarter. Um, it's really a week to week type condition to monitor. And so it's very important to, to monitor that you are competitive in the market that you're in uh, based on the trailer type that you have, the requirements for drivers, who your competition is, and to know exactly what conditions are impacting your ability to be competitive, to uh, recruit and retain. You know, I didn't mention earlier in, in the presentation, but I am on Slack today. If you have questions during the presentation or um, after, you can certainly ask those. And then here's my contact info to get and stay in touch with us. Thank you so much.